Welcome to Bros and Bibles. I'm Chad. You're Josh. You're Zane. You're Dustin. Kidding. Dustin's not here. He's skipping again. Two in a row. That's rude. He's not skipping. Two in a row. He got sick. Is he, though? Jaron got sick. We don't know that. Dustin's also sick. Oh, no. Oh, Dustin's sick now, too. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, I've reached out to him. Jaron's feeling good, so <laughs> he just can't taste or smell. Okay, well, I take back all the things I said, Dustin. Yeah. We feel bad for you. We don't, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hey, uh, bros and Bibles, we're getting into the Bible stuff this week. Last week, I uh, took some time to intro uh, both myself and Zane, who are new here. And uh, so this week, we're going to jump in, because uh, it's Advent. Well, almost. Yeah. Well, it is Advent. I guess when this releases, it yeah. will be Advent. It will be. Like, that day is Advent. Literally. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so we're going to talk Advent, and uh, for the next advent season the whole whole time four times five times something five like that. times yep. yeah so uh let's jump in by praying first let's pray uh god we're so thankful for uh for these guys and for uh, the scripture that we're going to look at and, uh, and especially this week god we're thankful that uh you've been watching over uh dustin and his roommate and uh, so we ask that you uh heal him this week of of this uh, of this illness he's got and uh, get him back in here with us we ask that you would uh, bless this time that we're here together uh, use us, God, to uh, to share what you want us to share, to have conversations that need to be had, and uh, ultimately, Lord, to bring glory to you. So be in our midst today. Be with our listeners in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Advent season is coming up. It is. Right? When this releases, it'll be the first Sunday, which is usually what candle? Does anybody know? I'm not a pastor, so I don't know if I have to know this, but uh, that's really tough for you guys. Ch- Chad? See, I should know this. Because you know? I'm like, I've pastored so many traditional churches that do like the Advent wreath and the whole bit, and I don't. Are you serious? Is it love? No. Oh, it's a good good choice though, right? <laughs> no. You know, I feel like I feel like we should have known because I'm pretty sure that next week we're doing the actual Advent thing. We should have known. I should have looked at the schedule. What's next time? You know, it really does hurt me that you guys don't know. I'm sorry, man. I'm so far Josh, from do you a know? traditional church liturgical person. It is, yeah, I do know. So it's hope. Hope is usually the first. But it's different for everybody, right? So some some traditions do peace first, which is weird. They ought not to do that. Um, some traditions do love first, which, again, I think that's a bit weird, but, you know, that's just me. We, however, are doing faith, which is not an Advent candle at all. Normally. See, now you're talking my language. Doing things outside the box. This is where I live. I live outside the box. Outside the wreath? Outside Ooh. the wreath. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I'm going to use that. Think outside the bun. I'm using that. It's Taco Bell. Um, yeah, so uh, we're doing faith, and we will cover all the rest of the candles. We're just going to lump two of them together, and that is uh, peace and joy, thanks to a... An amazing quote that we will read that week um, that I stole from another pastor. So thank you, Josh, for that. It's not stealing if you give them credit. You're right, but his name is the same as my name. Oh, so, nice. So, you know, that's probably why. He's not me. His name's Josh Patterson. He's from the Village Church. He's that guy. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. So, but we're going to talk about faith in light of the Advent season. We are going to read some scripture today. We're going to read the Christmas story from Luke. Uh, Chad's going to cover half of it. Zane's going to cover the other half. And then we're going to ask a few questions. I'm going to do my nerd thing um, because that's who I am. And then we're going to get into answering some stuff. So take it away, Chad, with the verses for this week. I'm on it. Luke chapter 2. Okay, that's kind of funny, right? So I'm using the Bible app, and I pull up my Bible, and it says, your app has timed out. So my Bible timed out. I don't know what that means. But Luke chapter 2. I'll start with verse 1, and you want me to do 1 through 10? Yep. All right. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. 
I know. I'm moving my phone around. It's, you hear that little staticky thing? It's, I'm working on it. Oh, okay. She wrapped him in cloth and ra- uh, placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in, a, in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Awesome. Awesome. And so that's the Christmas story. That's the story we all know and love, correct? Indeed. Okay. If you don't love it, we have issues that we should probably talk about in private and not on a podcast. That's a good idea. Good. Good. So... Hope in light of the Christmas story, in light of Advent, uh, does anybody know what Advent means? Zane, I'm looking at you. You ought to know this. Because we know it. Yeah. I ought to know this. Yes. I don't. I used to at some point, but I do not anymore. Chad? It's like coming arrival. Ish. Yeah. Waiting waiting arrival yeah so you're you were you were there you were there so we are awaiting something right yeah back then they were awaiting the birth of jesus right the birth of the savior um and we are also awaiting something that's a point that zane brought up in our chat previous to recording and so hopefully we'll dive into that a little bit more i'm gonna do my nerd thing right as we all know um if you know me personally, you know that I love diving into words, definitions in the original languages and in our current language now. So does anybody know what the English definition for faith is? I mean, are you asking like if I have I mean, a dictionary I can memorized? make up a definition for you right now. Go ahead and try. An overwhelming belief in something. Mm, that is a solid definition. Do you have a definition, Chad? Uh, Wasn't it Hebrews that says that faith is the substance of things hoped for? All right. So the English definition is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. So I guess you guys both are correct. However, there are five different definitions for the Greek term for faith. That makes sense. Right. It, It just seems to be that way often. Is that there's... A thousand definitions for the Greek. You know why that is, though. I, here's, it's a language thing because I found this like when I like travel overseas, like, especially like in Africa. Yeah. Like in the United States, we have 87 words that all mean the same thing. Mm. But in Africa, like they talk much more in, um, I would call it like um, ideas. So they don't have a word for everything. You know what I mean? Like, so like they they don't have like like the word equip, for example, right? Like mm-hmm. we have a bunch of different ways we can say equip. They have one phrase and it means all of those, oh. <laughs> you know, like, huh. so it's like that, you know, so I, it's, I think that's just a language thing, like how we speak and whether we use a lot of words or phrases or ideas, you know, like, yeah. so it, it honestly really makes sense. Like when you think about it from that side, that Greek would have a ton of different ways of things that it would yeah. stand for. Yeah, no. And that's, that's the same for the Hebrew as well. So it's just that we are weird in our English speaking ways, right? So, uh, Greek definitions are to consider something to be true and therefore worthy of one's trust. It's used that way in 1 Corinthians, 1 John, Acts. Um, second definition is to entrust oneself to an entity in complete confidence. So very similar to our English definition. You can find that one being used in Acts, Titus, Matthew, John. 
to entrust, so an easy one, right? To just entrust in someone or something. You can find that used that way in Luke, Romans, Galatians, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, and Titus. Uh, to be confident about, uh, the only time that that's used is in Romans. And then to think slash consider, and you can find that used that way in Romans, John, and Acts. So, loads of definitions, loads of uh, great um, references that I have here. So if you guys want to hear what those references are, I can put a link to them when I post this. Uh, but it's really good stuff. Um, you can see the different ways that it's used. And now it'll give you a deeper understanding of what that verse means in the context of the language used. Hebrew has three definitions. Uh, and that is trusty, <laughs> firmness, and security. And I like those, like a lot. Like God is tr trusty, <laughs> right? But firmness, that gives, gives light to how we ought to be in our faith. Firm, planted, and security, right? Our faith is, is what secures us to, to belief, right? To what we believe. I actually like that one a lot. Like that's yeah. probably my favorite of all of those, um, just because I think sometimes we think of faith as this like almost like a loose term. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, oh, I will. That might be there, or like you know, like when we say we have faith in God or we have faith in this is going to happen or whatever. Like it's almost like it's really loose. Yeah. So like the idea of it being secure is like you know it's it's not that my faith is just out there and it might be like my faith is secure and firm and you know like I really like that. Yeah, that's really good. I think um, at least when when the term is used, you know comparing uh i believe it's abraham to faith right he is the father of faith if i'm not mistaken um it's used to it, it, in the hebrew word just means that it's got, it's got a lot of depth right like he even without the savior had faith that god's promises would be met even though him and his wife kind of laughed in god's faith face right so yeah Firmness, uh, security, those are probably my two takeaways for the definition of faith in this, in this study for me. And I think it, it ties in pretty well with Advent um, because we are secure in the fact that God has already come and that he will come again, right? We, are, we have already waited and are continuing to wait for something greater. And we are secure and firm in that waiting. Um, but also in, in the fact that we believe that that waiting is is purposeful, right? And it's meaningful. So, yeah, that is the definitions. I think those are, are necessary to find out where we're going here, what we're, we're looking into. Uh, and so the first question I have for you guys, and you guys can ask questions off of this, is what does faith have to do with Advent? Uh, well, I think for me, uh, I think you see faith, I mean, all over the story. Um, because like, obviously, like, I think sometimes when we think of faith and we talk about this, we're like, well, they believed in God. Yeah. Like, okay. We know that already. Right. Like <laughs> you're talking about Jews. Of course they believed in God. Right. Yeah. But, and a lot of people in our churches say they believe in God. Uh, but when it comes down to it, it's like, do you believe that, that God is going to do certain things? That's when faith gets a little more tricky. Tangible. And what I, yeah. 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 And so that, that like tangibility of it is what I see, where I see faith in, in this in these scriptures you know what i mean and and so i see um you know people putting into practice you know like mary hears hey i'm gonna have this baby like literally this being talks to her and like tells her yeah you're gonna have this baby and like and her response is oh okay yeah you know like there's, there's, a, there's a lot of faith in that to be like i'm gonna take that take it at its word and and run with that and joseph has the same thing with the dream right like he has his dream that that mary's gonna have god's child and like his response is just, well, okay, then we'll figure that out. You know, like there was never a question uh, in that, you know? Like, yeah. So in a lot of that stuff, I think that's where I see faith in this, in the stories. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's amazing. That's really good. Um, faith in, in, in this aspect, right. In this story, we're going to, we see it more as like trust, like deep trust in, in something they cannot see. Um, outside of the angel visiting them, right? Like, yeah. they cannot for sure 
know that that's God's baby, right? That's Jesus. Well, yeah. I mean, I was going to, because I was going to say, one of the big things that I feel like in my ministry that I do a lot of is uh, is teaching people how to hear the voice of God. Yeah. You know, and, and it's amazing because you, you sit with people, and, and that's this is how I do one-on-one discipling. I pe- teach people how to read scripture and hear the voice of God. And uh, when I do these things, there is there is a faith in this story that's not present in a lot of the first meetings when I meet with people. And the, the faith that I see in this story is they had faith not only that God was speaking to them, mm. but that they could hear and understand and act on what he was speaking to them. Yeah. That's faith that I don't see enough of in the church. You know, like the idea, the expectation that God is speaking to me and he wants me to act out of it. You know, like there's something that God is, that I can hear God. You know, like that alone, I think, is, is a piece of faith. That yeah. we can hear God, that we can hear him correctly, right? Because, like, I'm going to be honest, like, if I went home tonight and my wife's like, hey, I'm pregnant and it's God's baby, I'm going to be like, you're insane. <laughs> like, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's really good. Um, man, it is, it is amazing the faith that they had, right? Because I, I will say that I don't, I don't know if my faith is that strong, right? To, to hear God say, what would be for Joseph something devastating, right? Because he was going to divorce his wife, right? He thought that she had cheated on him. And then this angel shows up and it's like, it's, it's God's child. Like that's a savior of the world. And you're going to have to just live with this, right? You've now been put in charge of bringing this child up. And now he has to have, faith beyond the birth right faith beyond the moment of learning to the to believe that this baby is going to grow up and be exactly who they said it's going to be right and so i think that's where faith really can come into our lives right most of us are not going to be told that our child is going to be the savior of the world but we have to believe beyond the situations that we're in. We have to have faith and confidence that God is still going to come through, right? This was a hard time for Mary and Joseph. Very, very difficult, probably straining on their relationship, right? They weren't even married yet. And now they have to have faith beyond the hardship. Faith that, that goes beyond the pain and hurt that Joseph probably felt as a man looking to marry this woman who is now pregnant, right? I don't know what that kind of faith looks like. I sure as heck don't see it a lot in the churches these days. And to be honest, I don't know if I see it a lot in my life. You know, as a person who who almost always needs to feel or see, you know, or hear, to believe beyond is is really difficult and something that I work on each and every time that I, I, I'm going through something harder, you know, I'm in this time of Advent and I'm waiting still for the return of Jesus. And I'm like, man, it's tough. Like last year in the midst of COVID, the Advent season was so difficult. You know, like what is beyond this? What am I waiting for? How do I have faith that it's ever going to get any better? You know, and that for me is really where it comes into practice in my own life right now, because we're still in the midst of coronavirus, right? Christmases all over the U.S. are going to be canceled. Services are going to be shot because, because we can't meet, right? We're afraid of this thing, and obviously for good reason, because people are dying, right? But a lot of people are going to lose faith because they can't see beyond this. And so we have to look and find hope within that faith that we have. And what does that look like? Right? What does that look like for you guys? How do you continue to, to see faith or have faith in this time of devastation, this time of pain, what seems like betrayal from God that we're still here in the midst of this? What is that? Like, how do you, like, Zane, me and Chad get paid. Yeah. Right? To to study, to to be connected to God, to listen, to hear. You don't, right? Yeah. But that's still something you do. 
right on a daily basis mm-hmm. is is have faith in God. So how do you continue to see beyond these things? Um, yeah, I guess going back to the Advent story you guys were talking about, you guys touched on Mary and Joseph a lot. Um, and I don't, I mean, obviously that's a huge aspect of faith, but I don't necessarily feel connected to that type of like big ask. Um, I would say I relate more to like the shepherds. Mm. Um, you're just doing your job occupationally and somebody comes to an angel and says, hey, this is like, somebody you need to see for you i mean you're gonna you're gonna need to see this and i think um they put down everything i mean like they went and um i think that's important for us to remember like we work in like just regular jobs and it's like they're not necessarily that important i mean it's important to like help other people with what you have but also when god calls you or when you feel called you should go um So that kind of faith, but yeah, I relate definitely a lot more to the shepherds in that sense. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. That's, mm. you know, oftentimes I don't think we see the shepherds as having faith, right? Yeah. In fact, that's not something that I've really ever thought of is the faith of the shepherds and, and even the magi, right? To travel all that way. Like they had to have like real faith that this was going to happen. Yeah. I think another part of that that's like layered is I mean the shepherds in that time it's not like a lucrative occupation and um that the angels would come to that type of or group of people and it's like Christ isn't just for the magi or kings or people he's for everyone um she came to people with like a lower occupation and said um yeah you need to be here for Christ yeah I think I think some of the hope in that you know you talked about faith and hope and that connection like I think some of the hope in this story is the same hope that we see like later on in the gospels in the book of Acts and in Paul's ministry. Like some of this hope is, is this idea. And, and of course, like this is going to be a realm where you and I have talked about, you are not super versed in, right? Cause like I have a super charismatic background um, yep. as far as my learning goes, but um, some of the hope that in this season is that uh, God's still doing the same stuff he's always been doing, yeah. you know? And so just because of, just because of COVID and the churches, you know, are having to shut doors for a while and, you know, things like that, like God's still doing all the things he's been doing. You know what I mean? Like he hasn't stopped. <laughs> and, uh, and so we see some of those in this story. I mean, you think about like how supernatural this story is, yeah. right? Like you've got angels, you've got dreams from God, you've got, you've got babies kicking in wombs, right? When, when she goes and visits Elizabeth and like, you've got, you've got the shepherds in the field seeing angels. You, it's, it's supernatural all over the place, right? Not even just mention that you have literally God born as a person, yeah. right? Like, so everything about this story is supernatural and unbelievable, uh, which I think is why, why it makes such an impact, you know? And it's the same thing when you see it in Jesus ministry, right? Like he'd go and preach and it was the miracles that like sealed that what he was preaching was legit. Yeah. Right. Because it was like, okay, that might be true, but he just healed my brother, so he must know something, you know. Yeah. And then you see the same thing in with Paul, you know, and with Peter and the other disciples, and so you see these things over and over again. So I think for me, that's where some of the hope comes from: is that we do have access to this like supernatural power, this this Holy Spirit power. We have access to that, and so because of that there is there's so much hope because you have these little like um i think jesus jesus called it as like an open heaven we have these little glimpses of what heaven looks like right and like these miraculous moments and and so for me it's it's not hard to keep hope and faith in this season because those things are still happening (laughs) you know like i'm seeing people in my life who who are being healed you know like um you know we're doing we're doing work in east africa and they've been shut down shut down like i mean no public transit allowed curfews at 9 p.m. Like, I mean, all the roadside markets are shut down. It's been crazy over there. Yeah. They haven't been able to, barely been allowed to move. And they have planted more churches in the last two years than they did in the three years before it. <laughs> like, I just, it's amazing. So, like, so these things are happening. And so for me, I try to remember and, and kind of focus on those things and continue to bring those things to my mind uh, to remind me that, like, look, just because the way that we did ministry two years ago doesn't exist anymore doesn't mean God's not at work. It's yeah. just, you got to look in a different place. I think even, even more so, I think he's, I think we can see his, his work easier now. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we're not just sequestered to a sanctuary. Right. You know, we're not stuck in, in, in a building the entire time. 
you know, people are doing church at home, right? Discipling their kids. And, and for me, you know, you're right. I'm not well-versed in the charismatic, right? I don't, that's not a part of uh, the faith that I, I know a lot about. That's not something I've experienced a ton of. And so to, to see something like that would, it would blow my mind, right? I, I would question the heck out of it. I would have so many doubts, right? Um, but some people have to believe without seeing Right? That's something we talked about in my Sunday school class this past week. Is We're reading the story of the Samaritan woman. And the story immediately after that is the, the ruler who came to see her, or to see Jesus. And Jesus goes, you have to see to believe. Right? But the Samaritan woman didn't have to see. She just had to hear. Right? And all the other people who believed because of her, all they had to do was hear. And so, while seeing is, is necessary, I think, for most of us, there are some people who don't have that opportunity, right? Who aren't in places that you're going to see demons being cast out. You're going to see people being healed miraculously. I wish that that was the case, but the Western church has done a lot to, you know, to make people think very, very poorly of that kind of stuff happening well that was going to be my argument on that you know what i mean like because like it's not that it can't or shouldn't and that's yeah. that's really the thing like you look at the at the you know at, at the risk of digressing i'll try to make it quick right but you look at the gospels and like jesus when he sends out the disciples it was it was it was preach the preach the kingdom <laughs> heal the sick cast out demons right raise the dead those were the, like commands, direct commands to his disciples. Yeah, and so, so those were things that Jesus expected his followers to do. Now you're right; we've absolutely lost that somewhat on our own accord because we felt like it was weird, <laughs> but also partly because of the way that those things have been mishandled in some cases, yep. right? Because it's it's the old you know Spider-Man, you right? Like with great with great power comes great responsibility, right? And unfortunately, the church did not do great at the responsibility side of having yep. great power, you know, yeah. but that doesn't necessarily mean that we shouldn't. And, and that's where I found it's, it's interesting being a Methodist pastor with this kind of background, right? Cause yeah. like most of my circles don't feel the same way about this, right? Like they're like, Holy spirit, who, <laughs> like, who, who is that? And, uh, so, and meanwhile, I'm like, I'm reading the gospels where Jesus is like, Hey, look, it's actually better that I leave. So the Holy spirit can come, yeah. you know? And I'm like, dude, Jesus was awesome. And if he's saying he's got to leave, who the heck is coming next, right? Yeah. Like, it's just like, and so to tap into that, because you're right, like, it, seeing, believing and seeing are connected, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, because it is a lot easier to have faith when you can see these things happening in front of your face. Yeah. Um, but some of that, some of that seeing, I think, isn't necessarily like a firsthand seeing so much as when we talk about things like sharing our testimony. Yeah. And, you know, that's another way of seeing, you know, it's, it's seeing with our ears. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's where I was going with uh, the Samaritan woman, right? She shared her testimony yeah. and people believed because of it, right? I'm not seeing people being healed, but you have shared with me in the past month, right? Mm -hmm. That somebody at your church was healed mm -hmm. from back a couple pain, weeks ago, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and that's like, that's massive because like God's at work in Goshen. He's healing people in Goshen, right? That is amazing. Just this past week, we had a praise in our Sunday school class that somebody who we had been praying about, for months was healed and her doctor said there's absolutely no way that this could have happened there's no, I have no scientific reason to tell you why you're better but you're better right and so in the advent season in this time of waiting where some of us can't see these things if you experience it you have to share that testimony right allow other people's faith to be strengthened through what you've seen, what you've experienced, right? It's it's life-changing. It seems we're really diving into this last question that I had, like what effect does faith have on the rest of our Christian life? And for me, it's everything, right? My faith should be what pushes me to do all of the things that I do. And for me, it is, right? It's the reason that I went into ministry, because I have faith that Jesus is who he says he is. I believe that his, his word 
uh, and, and the Bible is true. And I believe that he's coming back for us, right? Like, I believe that I have faith in all of that. But it's because I've had experiences with his people, with him specifically, right? Like the night of my conversion, like he was there, you know? And so for, for me, it's, it's everything. I have faith in Jesus and that's the reason why I share the gospel. That's the reason why I write sermons. That's the reason why I do a podcast so that you guys who listen can have faith in Jesus so you can hear the work that he's doing in my life, in Zane's life, in Chad's life, in our ministries and you too can believe and then you can experience him and then you can believe because you met him not because of us right? so maybe in this Advent season you're waiting still to meet him he's here he's ready, he's available right, he's knocking at that door will you take advantage of this time of waiting what are you waiting for Zane you've been quiet for a while and that's pretty much our fault that's um, alright right. I love listening man <laughs> uh, soaking it up put yourself in a room with two extroverts <laughs> man is it <laughs> but for you what is uh, what is faith how does it affect the rest of your Christian life what does it mean to you yeah I mean like you said it's, it's why I do what I do um, and I think it drives a lot of my interactions with people. Um, there's just people in my life. It's like you go to work and it's like, that's a working relationship, but you can add faith to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew people in our, like our small group who talked about that. Like they would be in a work situation where like, maybe it's more frowned upon to even do that, yeah. but they still do it because that's what they believe they need to do. And I think, um, just hearing that from them is encouraging to like me, um, and like even hearing it from you guys encouraging to me um, yeah. that I can keep doing that in my workplace and in my other relationships with people. So, yeah. What about you, Chad? How does how does faith affect what you do? I mean, I mean, like obviously I work in faith essentially, right? I yeah. mean, like um, I kind of I joke that I got a, deg- a degree in the Holy Spirit, you know. <laughs> Just, but um, so I think faith is a obviously a huge part of what I do, not only vocationally, um, but also like life wise. You know, I. I, um, I always tell people that I have two goals in my life. It's to, to listen to Jesus and to say yes to Jesus. And that's it. Like just, and, um, and so that comes out of a place of faith, you know, like it comes out of a place of knowing that, that, you know, I've seen Jesus do stuff that I can't explain. And I've seen, um, I've seen lives turned around that should have never been turned around, you know? And, and so because, because I have faith that those things can happen again, I keep on trucking. Yeah. You know, even like you talk about how hard this season has been. And um, and I've shared a little bit with you guys about how hard this season has been for me personally, you know, over the last year and a half, two years. And uh, so through all of that, what doesn't change is faith. <laughs> you know, like yeah. my faith in God doesn't waver in that. Uh, and so I think faith does affect everything. It affects every piece. And I think it should. Yeah. I think it's, it's rightfully so, you know, because when you have a faith that God's going to do some cool stuff and you have faith that, that God's going to come through and it, it changes the way you do things because it means you're going to make some of those tough decisions that you didn't want to have to make, but you're like, look, God told me to do it. So I'm going to do it. I know he's going to see me through it, you know? And so it, it change it, it shifts everything. <laughs> yeah. It shifts your focus in life. It shifts how you, like you said, how you relate to people. Um, you know, it, everything should be touched by, by a true, like real faith in Jesus. And, mm. and, and that's what makes me think, I think in the church is like, what is it that we have faith in? Yeah. Y- you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a question that, that I've asked a ton and I think it leads perfectly into the next point that I was going to make is where are we putting our faith? Right. We've all declared that we have our faith in Jesus and that that motivates us to, to spread the gospel, to love people, to say yes to the callings that he's placed in our lives and on our hearts. But there are so many people who claim to know Jesus and they put their faith in these things that don't matter. Imagine if Joseph would have put his faith in the system and and went ahead and divorced his wife quietly. She would have been cast aside, right? She would have been looked down upon as an as an adulterer. If he would have placed his faith in the system, 
she would have been hurt. Right? Even though she wouldn't have been stoned to death, she might as well have been. So where are we putting our faith? What do we have faith in? And what happens when we decide to place it in something else? And for me, this whole last year has really questioned this in my life and in those around me. And I've asked this question to several people. Um, and none of them have been able to answer me fully. This last year we had an election, right? There are so many people who put their faith in a political party. So many people who put their faith in an ideology. And guess what? They're always let down. Always hurt. Because faith in things that are earthly, faith in things that aren't Jesus, will leave you disappointed. Right? They'll leave you broken. Because they'll always let you down. But Jesus doesn't. Right? Even in the, my times of, of despair, the, the, the moments of my life where I feel the most worthless, he's there. When I feel so broken that I don't deserve him, he's there. But people aren't always there. Systems aren't always there. Right? They'll throw you aside, cast you away. And Jesus doesn't do that. So what do we have faith in? What is it about Jesus that continues to keep your faith? I mean, I feel like you can definitely see it in the Word. Um, always go back and get encouragement from that. But um, for me personally, I just—I mean, I relate to people a lot better than I read the Bible, honestly. Um, and you were saying, like, sometimes people let you down, but I think also sometimes people will amaze you, and you'll get to see God working in them and God working through people in the world. Um, and it, sh- it gives you faith that, I mean, there's still people in this world who— follow him truly follow him and like are doing things and like on fire because of what he said yeah Hmm. i would echo that actually yeah i i uh i was thinking of this uh this woman i've been discipling over the last few months uh shout out to you allison if you're listening uh but it's it's amazing to see you know like i think of her specifically because you know as you were sharing that she's that person lately in my life who's just been like just to see her like fall in love with Jesus again, you know, and to fall in love with the word and like that, like feeling of like, you know, like she comes in, she comes in for a monthly discipleship session and, and she's like, Oh my gosh, I'm hearing from God all the time. You know, it's like, I can't shut it off now. It's like, Oh, you know, and uh, I just want more and more and more, you know? And, uh, and so there, you know, like, it's cool to see that, you know, that, because I, I'm a firm believer. Jesus, Jesus stressed a lot that he didn't come to condemn. He came to bring life and life to the fullest. And, and so it's cool to see that in other people when they, when they really like grasp that life to the fullest, there's just something about that, you know, that, that builds even more faith, you know, because it's like, okay, Jesus is still in the business of changing people's lives. You know, like what I believe to be true about Jesus, that he can change your life. I see it happen all the time. And to me, that's where, that's where my faith really lies. I'm like, there is always hope that Jesus can change my life, you know, and, and no matter how, how far I've run, no matter how how much junk I've got in my life, no matter how, how much bitterness I've let dwell up in me, no, doesn't matter. Like there, there's always like, like it's like you said that he's always been there, yeah. you know? And, and I love seeing that in other people because it encourages me and reminds me in those moments that like, all right, like we're not done yet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope uh, people understand that I didn't mean to, to throw anybody under the bus, you know? Yeah. Um, but what you guys are, are explaining is somebody who is deeply, like in love with Jesus, right? Yeah. Who is like they have faith. And so when when you put your faith in them, right? Their faith lies in the one that that we ought to have faith in, right? Yeah, there's a little bit of like a chain reaction that happens. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um but, but ultimately like 
if, if we're going to be a link in that chain, the goal has to be that we're going to point them back to Jesus, right? Yep. Like, because I think the same thing in scripture, the Holy Spirit, his job is to point people back to Jesus. I mean, that's what scripture says. Like, and then Jesus even says that his job is to point people back to the father, right? Yeah. So like, it's all connected. There's always a like pointing back further up and up that food chain. You know what I mean? Like up and up that thing until yeah. you get to God. Yeah. Well, I think the the point is that we have to get to God, right? Yeah. Like people can put their faith in me, but that's only going to last for so long, right? Because I am an imperfect person, right? I have realized um, that more so in the last month than I ever have before in my entire life. And, and yeah, people look up to me. They see the faith that I have in Jesus. They see the way that I treat people, the way that I love people. But that is often ruined by my humanness, my sinfulness, my flesh. So if my if people have faith in me, they'll always be let down, no matter how much I try not to. But if I'm pointing them to Jesus and their faith migrates from me to him, I think that's when, when I fall, they'll be able to pick me up, right? We have to point them to Jesus, which is what you guys are saying, right? Like these, these other people, their lives, their faith is pointing you back to Jesus. It's growing your faith, which is awesome. But there's so many times where we put our faith in a pastor, where we put our faith in a church, and we're let down, right? Because it's broken. And so all I'm saying is that Jesus has to be the center of our faith. He's got to be, because that's where we find firmness, security, right? He is the entity that we have trusted with complete confidence. Otherwise, we'll always be let down. Always. Well, it makes me think to a conference I attended on Thursday, and uh, uh, one of the speakers, and it wasn't even like the main point of his message, it was just kind of an offhanded comment that... Uh, he talked about, you know, like, what is your church known for? Mm. You know, like, what is your church known for? Because a lot of churches are known for the, exactly those things, right? It's they have a, they have a, this, this rock star pastor, or they've got this awesome discipleship program, or they're doing this, um, you know, it's, it's some specific thing in the church. And at the end of the day, like, all I really want my church to be known for is I want people to be like, Oh yeah, first you've seen the life center. That's where people meet Jesus. Yep. You know, like that's it. Like, <laughs> like, and if that, if we do that by having great, we should do that by having great discipleship and great preaching and and great outreach. And those are all great tools. But at some point, I think in church we're so prone to make the the means the end. Yeah. You know, and it's like we do these things so that people can meet Jesus. But it's so easy for us to fall into that rut of like, well, this is this defines who we are. Yep. You know that this. Uh, this program or this this choir or this you know you fill in the blank defines who we are when really the only thing we should ever want to be defined by is this is where people meet Jesus yeah, yeah we need to be a people known for our faith we need to be yeah. a people known for, for knowing someone right that's yeah that's amazing that's uh, something that Francis Chan talks about in a book that we just went through uh, letters to the church you know it's one of his first I think within the first five chapters he goes what is your church known for if it's known for its children's ministry, if it's known for its its programs, it's it's every like that's not okay, right? You need to be known for knowing God. Like you need to be known for for believing in Jesus, for the way that you love people because that's how you, we know if you know God, right? First John points us to that. If you don't love, then you don't know God, right? And so yeah, that's man, I should I wish I would have went to this conference. It was good. I bet. I don't ever go to conferences. I need to. It's just a quick little one day. Wow. Yep. It was good. So what do we do with this? I hate, um, one thing I hate most is when we, when we dive into a subject and we don't talk about how to apply it, right? We've talked about things that we've done before, experiences that we have, but what are we doing right now to grow our faith, Right. So I'll give, I'll give my example, and then I'll let you guys go into it, and hopefully we'll be able to bounce some ideas off of one another um, as to how we better improve what we're doing and how other people can take what we do and mold it into their own thing. 
because not everybody's going to meet Jesus the way that I meet Jesus, right? Sometimes I'd like to think that I'm the only one doing it right, but that's wrong, <laughs> you know? Um, and so for me, uh, what's been really growing me is diving in to teachings from all over the, the biblical and theological spectrum, right? 6 to 8 a.m., nobody is here in the office but me, <laughs> right? And I'm here every day from 6 to 8 a.m., I take two hours to pray for people, to listen to a song, and that song is on repeat, right? That's my song for the day. That's, And that's the only Christian song that I'll play the entire day. <laughs> it's weird, I know. I'm I'm an odd odd guy. You don't have to do that. Um, but then I listen to a, a sermon. And a sermon can be five minutes. It can be an hour and a half. I've done three-hour, you know, research. Um, like somebody teaching on divorce, on discipleship, on whatever. But that's like that's the way I've I've been growing my faith is to hear from all over the spectrum. To know what other people believe, what other people use as application. And then I can take that and I can use it myself. But also I'm I'm realizing that no matter who the speaker is, I can meet Jesus. It doesn't matter how talented they are. It doesn't matter how charismatic, how outgoing they are. I can meet Jesus there. And sometimes I don't even meet him during the sermons, right? He'll, he'll, he'll be, you know, my faith will grow in the one verse of the 20 verses that I read that day. That one line in the song will just play through my head, you know. And recently it's been captured by the digital age. Like, that's been my song. Your love has come to set me free. That's Jesus, right? And that has just continued to carry me throughout this season of, of hurt and of pain, of, of brokenness, of sinfulness. You know, his love, no matter what I do, came to set me free and so that's how I've been growing my faith what about you guys what have you been doing um, I guess at PV we had a while back we were talking about um, evangelism I guess yeah. as a subject and um, just trying to be consistent about praying for opportunities yeah. and then understanding like when that opportunity is because a lot of times I mean I don't know a lot of times people be like oh well I feel like I'm showing up, but maybe God's not showing up or Jesus isn't showing up in this situation. It's like, no, I, th I think he is. I think you're just missing it. <laughs> and uh, that's hard for me sometimes too, but just praying that he gives me opportunities to reach others or opportunities to see him in my life. Mm -hmm. Or like, cause there's been times in my life where I've been like, well, I feel like that was a spirit moment. Mm -hmm. Then there's times where it's like, I just, I don't know where it's at. Um, so it's, it's inconsistent, but like trying to pray for opportunities for that to be more consistent. Um, yeah. And that helps to grow faith. Yeah, that's awesome. It's really cool. Uh, I've been really focusing on this phrase um, that honestly I think would make a great book. This is my new book title right oh, here, cool. right? My first book, "Take No Off the Table." Mm. Like you really, you really want to experience how to stretch faith. Take no off the table when it comes to God, and uh, that alone has stretched me a lot <laughs> uh, because. God almost never calls me to do stuff that I like or that I want to do or that's easy. Yeah. Like, you know, like almost never. And, uh, so, you know, so it's been a long journey and, uh, it's been, it feels like a roller coaster at times, uh, where I feel like I'm like, okay, I feel like I got this one under control. And then God's like, all right, cool. Here's the next step. And I'm like, okay. I said, I'd say yes. <laughs> right? like, so I say yes. Right. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes that's a roller coaster, you know, and we, um, it would be about a year ago now we started taking classes through DCS to, cause we felt like God was calling us to adopt. And, um, so that's been a year now that since we took those classes and, um, and we're working on, working on adopting a teenager, mm -hmm. um, which is a whole different challenge in itself. So again, it was just like, we felt like God told us to do it. So we're like, well, you know, the scripture says to take care of the widows and the orphans. So somebody's got to do it and didn't say on there any qualifications, just said somebody's got to do it. So we're going to do it. Yeah. And so there's challenges like that. You know, um, my, 
you know, my church is talking about building conversations right now. Uh, you know, cause we have two campuses and, uh, and, uh, and our numbers have dwindled over the last 15 years, you know, from what they were. And so of course, um, you know, things aren't as great as they once were. And so we're talking about like, you know, do two buildings make sense? Can we afford two buildings? You know, I, I tell people all the time, like, look, if I didn't feel like God had impressed that on me that I had to do that and have to have that conversation, I would have avoided it like the plague, man. Because mm-hmm. that has made, that has been a rough year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, it turns out people don't like when you say, hey, I think we should sell our building. Like, people hate that. Who knew? You know, they also don't like when you say, hey, we should add on to our building. <laughs> well, that's yeah, a whole different yeah. ball game of, yeah, having committee meetings to decide what color the walls are going to be. And, yep. Any color will do. That's, yeah. that's basically, yeah. For most people, but there are a few. Who, uh, yeah. So, so yeah. So, I think, so to me, that's the, that's what I've been working on for the last couple of years. That's what's kind of been stuck in my head is like, you want to grow your faith, you got to do stuff that forces your faith to grow. You know what I mean? Like, you got to do stuff that's, that you look at and go, I don't know if I can do that. Right? Like, but if you take no off the table and you say, okay, no is not going to be an option. If I feel like this is something Jesus would do, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Man, life gets fun. It's like, it's so much fun. Oh my goodness. It's so much fun. You know, yeah. like, and I feel like I said, I try to take that approach in everything. I, I try to take that approach in the way that I, that I'm in relationship with my wife, I, in relationship with my children. Like, you know what I mean? Like in, I try to like, just say yes to Jesus in all of those things. You know yeah. what I mean? In the way that I preach, right? Yeah. Like, cause, cause there are, there are times where I, I feel like a message is like kind of brewed up in me and, and I'm like, God, do I have to say that? Like, because <laughs> I feel like, like, will I survive? Like, will I make it to my car? Will all my windows be intact? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. and, but man, you say yes. Like, as much as it is definitely challenging, like, that's the quickest way to grow faith right there is to just stop saying no. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it really challenges the idea of um, God will never give you more than you can handle. Mm-hmm. Right. Because well, that's not the Bible. No, it's not. That's <laughs> somebody's favorite Bible verse that isn't in the Bible. There's yep. a great video on that, by the way, by I did uh, a, Sunday Cool Tees. I did a whole series on that, on yeah. things Jesus didn't say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to go back and watch that That was one, one of them. Um, but if you're, the, the truth is that, that God will give you more than you can handle because we need him, right? Because he won't give you more than he can handle. Exactly. <laughs> or so, I should say that you can handle with him. Yeah, yeah. and so... Like, there are going to be things and, and, and stuff that come into our lives, and we're like, well, there's no way we can do this. And and we rely on that idea that he'll never give us more than we can handle, and then we'll say no to it. And our, our faith won't grow. Our faith won't be stretched. We won't be pushed beyond what we're comfortable with because we said no, because we didn't believe that he is strong enough to carry us through that, Right? We still believe that we can do it all ourselves. We're putting our faith in us. And that's that we're always going to fail it. Right? Well, and we're putting our faith in I think we don't realize this, but when we say no to God, what we're really saying is I know better than you. Yeah. <laughs> like I have a better plan than you have. I I can make sure this comes out better than you can. And I don't think we mean to do that, but that's what we're saying. I mean, that's that's what our actions say is that I have more faith in myself than I have in you. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I am guilty of doing that so many times in my life. And I think that's a practice that I need to pick up is to to take no off the table. That might, I don't ever use the whiteboard in my office. That might just go up on there and stay there. Because that that is amazing. And and that's something that I've always had, I've always thought, you know, maybe I need to say yes less, right? Um, And I've done that. But also, like, I've missed out on some amazing opportunities in doing that. And so, yeah, nobody's ever told me to take no off the table. Well, and I'm not saying you can't say no to other people. Oh, for but, sure. You know what I mean? Like, because you got to have, you got to have some self-care. You got to, you know, that kind of stuff. Because Jesus had times where he retreated, yeah, you know. Well, I think it but takes discernment, right? It does. Like, it does. Like being able to read a situation, you know. Well, and it, it goes back to what I said earlier. Like, having that faith that, like, Jesus is going to tell me. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to have that nudge that's like I should definitely get involved with this or and sometimes that saying yes to Jesus is saying no to that thing you know yeah 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 and man I don't feel like I pray enough for uh for opportunities you know sometimes I just go out and seek them but like I never pray for those those holy appointments you know um and I think I ought to right that should become uh part of my daily routine because 
Uh, if I pray for it, he'll, you know, he's always there with me, but there's a sense of, of preparedness on my part. Like I'm ready for it now, you know, like I've, I've opened a door. I'm now more willing to do it. Right. And so these are both things that I'm going to start adding to my daily routine, you know, take no off the table and begin to pray for those chances to say yes. Right. Those chances to allow God to work in my life. Um, so hopefully for everybody who listens to this, and I don't know how many people that's going to be. Um, All seven of you. Right? <laughs> hey, you know, that's okay. There are 72 of you in our Facebook group. And if y'all aren't listening, we got issues. I'm going to message each and every one of you specifically. You should do that. And we'll fight. Okay? But if you do watch it, thank you. Thank you so much. But also, I guess watch it, listen to it. I guess you can watch the screen that has nothing on Listening it. Listening is just watching with your ears. Oh, that's nice. That's deep. It's philosophical. Poetic. Got it. Uh, I hope that you guys take some of these things and use them. And I hope that you guys who listen um, will begin to to dive deeper into the Word and into teachings and allow that to, to transform you to the point where you can feel comfortable enough right like your faith is has grown enough to say god no is off the table right or god show me who i'm supposed to talk to today and then give me the boldness to do it faith uh, is is the basis for our i think that's that's christianity right we have faith that jesus is who he says he says he is right that's that's what makes us christians it's because we have faith in Christ. And without faith, we're just people. Right? So, any closing words, fellas? Sounds good. Sounds great. Chad, I did ask you to bring the song of the week, Got the verse of the week, and the teaching of the week. Do you have all of those? Got it. Cool. What is your song of the week? All right, so my song of the week, well, so... Technically, I have two because I have to go back to last week because I was trying to describe that song to you yes. that I didn't know, and it's called um, "What I'm Hoping For" by mm. Need to Breathe. Um, that was the song title. Okay. But uh, my song this week that I've really been binging on is another Need to Breathe song called "I Am Yours," mm. uh, which is from their newest album this year. And um, great, I mean, honestly, could easily be done in worship on a Sunday. Like it's just, it's great. Um, yeah, I am yours. You are mine. And basically, like the chorus is all about like. I still can't believe that I'm invited to your table. Like, mm. you know, just <laughs> that, like, it's a very hu- humble, yeah. humble piece. Um, so that's my song of the week. Oh. I am yours. Need to breathe. Oh, man. I don't think I've ever heard that one. I'll have to go to listen. It's good. Tonight. Uh, what's your verse of the week? The verses that have been in my head, um, and I I don't have, I suppose I could find them on my phone real quick, but the verses that have been in my head this week are the ones where uh, Jesus says that if you have anything against your brother when you come to worship, that you should leave your leave your offering go and make peace, go and reconcile, and then come yeah. back and give your offering. Um, that one was weighing heavy on me this week. Is that in Matthew? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Somewhere in the Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. we'll say that. So five to it's good stuff. seven. seven. Yep. That is where they are. <laughs> Thank you. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, and what is your teaching or Sermon of the Week? Oh, man. So I went to that conference, and they were yep. all good, honestly. Um, but uh, final session was great. Um, started his message uh, from Tim Johnson down at Frimmer's Chapel and um, started his message talking about snipe hunting <laughs> so you knew it was going to be good right um, so he starts talking about snipe hunting and he talks about um, the difference between being church people and kingdom people that, you know, Jesus is trying to build kingdom people not church people And um, but in the end he circles around to the fact that like when he was a teenager um, he actually did start hunting and he would he did a lot of dove hunting mm-hmm. and so he asked you know if our are we as Christians, are, are we snipe hunting or are we dove hunting? You know, because ultimately we're going to get what we're hunting for. You know, right? Even when you're snipe hunting, you're technically going to get what you're hunting for. Which is nothing. Which is nothing, right? Yeah. Because you're not hunting for anything, right? And uh, by the way, his story on snipe hunting was hilarious. Um, let's just say it was his cousins took him out at midnight and he was not found oh. until 10 a.m. the next morning in the middle of this field. Uh, yeah, it was great. But were, were these recorded and put online anywhere? I don't think they were. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it was great. 
he's a great speaker but uh anyway so his main message in there was like what are you shooting for you know like are you shooting to be are you shooting for church stuff or are you shooting for kingdom stuff yeah. and um and so it was just a, it was what i needed this week it was a great reminder especially because like he followed up a session um that my friend alex was the speaker in and his session was all about remembering your call and my call is all about like being about the kingdom like that was my call and i know that you know so yeah. to, so to have that on my mind and then he goes straight into kingdom stuff and was like okay like connecting points for me here so yeah, it was really good. That's awesome. Yeah, so he, he talked about church folk and kingdom folk and mm. how church folk are not good for the kingdom and kingdom folk are almost never welcome in the church. <laughs> uh, we know nothing about it's that, good right? Stuff. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> not a chance. Well, um, thank you guys so much for listening. Zane's gonna close us in prayer. Uh, and we will see you next week. Dear God, uh thank you for this time tonight. Um to listen to you. Um listen about faith and help us to go out and grow in faith in this time of advent and uh allow us to put our faith in you and if we're putting our faith in places aren't you uh please lord let them fall away and um let you come to the forefront of our faith thank you for the time and thank you for being with us today amen amen amen